This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put a binge on your friends with a Pussy Magnet. Oh, hey. Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know. They're both good. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) So as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in, though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hello, all you lovely labial ledge bags. Have I got a juicy one for you today because I'm chatting with the exquisite and accomplished Mangala Holland. Now, I've been following Mangala's work for years now and she just knows her shit. She's no nonsense, no frills, says it how it is, and I love that. So I'm really thrilled to have you in the labial lounge today, Mangala. Welcome. Pull up a cushion. (laughs) Thank you. I am delighted to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let me give you all the lowdown on Mangala before we launch in. She is a women's empowerment and sexuality coach and facilitator of global group programs. She's on a mission to help women and pussy owners become empowered through loving themselves fiercely, celebrating their sexuality and overcoming the fear, guilt and shame that keeps them playing small. Having over a decade's experience in the industry, her superpower is helping female-bodied folks become deeply connected to their body, pleasure, and orgasmic confidence, which is the, the natural birthright of everyone. Here, here. She's currently training the next generation of embodied female pleasure facilitators and places a strong emphasis on self-love, embodiment, and empowerment in her work, teaching in a no-bullshit, fluff-free, grounded, dogma-free style. Fuck yes. <laughs> so, I've been really excited to get you into the lounge because I as I was saying before, I just love I love your fluff free approach. It's so grounded. I find mm-hmm. it so relatable and I think it's really sorely needed, you know, in the realms of sacred sexuality and women's empowerment work especially. Um 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then when you get into the sort of more neo tantric side of things, like fuck this, we need this straight talking, straight shooting. <laughs> you know, people to call this stuff out. I feel like it's not being spoken out about enough. Um, so I'm really excited mm-hmm. to just have some really frank chats, and as you put it, set about busting the myths and bullshit in neo tantra. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it yeah <laughs> cool um and I just want to also say like so courageous and so yeah I, I really appreciate you being open and brave and I think it's such a courageous thing to be talking about these things openly because I know there can be a lot of backlash especially when you're working oh, yeah. in the industry it's like oh <laughs> yeah so good on yeah. you. <laughs> Um, so I want to get into chats about a few little specific things, um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, beliefs and, and things that are being perpetuated in the Neo-Tantra community, starting with why mm-hmm. clitoral orgasms are so demonized. But <laughs> first, I'd just love to hear a bit about your journey, you know, fill in the listeners in case they're not uh, up to speed and, um, and you know, like why you've now completely moved away from all of, you know, your original training and involvement in that. Tantra scene. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, to cut a very long story short, <laughs> um, before I got into this world, I was living in the UK where I grew up, and I was working in corporate. I was working for stockbrokers, and I was traveling all over the country for work. And I was also, um, I was also a complete party animal, and I was DJing in bars and nightclubs. <laughs> Four, about four nights a week on top of my corporate lifestyle um and uh, yeah it was pretty much a full-on raver really and um eventually I burnt out because I did this for so many years you know and you, your system can only hold so much um so I physically burnt out and when I burnt out I started asking myself all the bigger questions like well, what's surely there's got to be more to life than just earning good money and blowing it all at the weekend. Um, and started kind of, yeah, sitting with the discomfort of that and thinking, well, surely, you know, what else is there? And so that led me to basically take a year off and go travel. Um, and that was in 2009. And I, I only came back in to the UK in 2020. I ended up on this massive journey. And, and, Started with yoga and meditation, but very quickly realized that at the deep, that at the core of my disconnect from myself was a massive lack of self-esteem and self-love. And, and I was full of like self-hatred and hated my body. And I was really disconnected from my pleasure. And that kind of, um, as I was exploring all this, I, the doors to kind of the, the tantra world opened and I ended up in a school that I was told was traditional Tantra, um, but it was actually a, a bastardized version of Neo Tantra. Um, so just all, it, it made it out like it was really spiritual, but actually it was, it was a sex cult to, to call it what it is. <laughs> um, and so I was stuck in that environment for five years. I went as deep in as you fully could. Um, and while I learned a lot about sexuality and pleasure and orgasms, there was a lot of, really horrible coercion of women particularly it was very homophobic um it was so dogmatic there was a lot of um, twisted mind control and 
and re- some really fucked up teachings on um, polarity, on how men should behave, how women should behave and dress and act and all the rest of it. Um, and so when I finally left there, I had to do a lot of unraveling of like, well, what does my body want? You know, I'm, I'm in my forties. Like the teachings were more aimed at men in their twenties anyway, with these really extreme forms of yoga and other stuff. And it's like, well, well what's my truth? And as I, as I started to, to kind of heal and peel back the layers from that, um, embodiment was my, most by, um, my gateway into really getting into what was true for me and unraveling a lot of that dogma. Um, and so that, that's kind of the personal journey. And I've, I've been, I've been teaching for nine years, um, running one to, doing one to one, um, client work and also, running group programs in person and online and um it's it's interesting because i've seen so much of a shift over the years as i peel back these layers and was like oh no that's dogma i don't i don't want to pass that forward that's not safe and i i just because of my experiences in that environment i became really passionate about passionate about giving people the tools to discover this for themselves in a way that is safe, that's not pushing them over any edges and where there's no icky power dynamics with being encouraged to sleep with teachers or there being this white male guru who's at the top of everything. Um, and as I was unraveling all these layers myself, it was like I started looking at like uncomfortable questions around cultural cultural appropriation, and all these things were intermingled in that community and in the teachings. And it was it was a big pile of yuck, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really gave me the fuel to step aside from a lot of what's out there and to really just stand in the, in my truth and and claim my own little corner of of the internet and and stand in what I believe um yeah and and after and for a long time as I know you know you you have bodywork background as well don't you and um yeah. yeah and so for you know for many years I was doing internal massage um and that is just such a powerful education into women's bodies and nervous systems and internal workings of pleasure um and healing and it was you know it was incredible to see the shifts in that space but i also wanted to create um programs for people where they can do that work at home in their own environment and rather than coming to be fixed so yeah that, that's that's the short version <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, so much of what you just shared, I can relate to, or I have heard from other practitioners or friends who have kind of gone into the scene, especially, yeah, friends mm. or ex lovers who have gone really deep into the scene and gone and lived in the ashrams overseas and like really just lived and breathed it. And I have sort of been on yeah. the lines going, Oh my God. I don't know about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I feel like during my time in in that scene, I met several practitioners or teachers who definitely had their hearts in the right place, and you know at least I felt mm-hmm. did a really great job of facilitating the trainings that I did and and so I found a lot of value there, and it was for me personally a really great entry point into sacred sexuality mm-hmm. work at the time, yeah. but I also did come across a lot of that seedy and questionable kind of behavior and characters as well and 
Um, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I think, I think, I mean, I did an episode that was, um, sort of touching on this with Bonnie Bliss, actually. So if, if you're interested in this mm. kind of thing, gang, go back and listen to, it's called, um, the underbelly of the spiritual community and reclaiming your view. <laughs> Um, body's amazing as well. (laughs) Yeah. We've we've been through so many, so many same similar circles and had had some similar experiences in this realm. So for Mm, sure. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, you know, I'm hearing from her, I'm hearing from other people, like they've sort of started out in that world and then come back around to this place of being Mm -hmm. actually, yeah, yeah, and just sort of bit by bit releasing all of the, you know, I know that nowadays your body of work doesn't involve any of the those sort of teachings that, that you have. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's nothing. I actually, yeah, there's actually nothing I teach now that, that is from those days, which mm. um, feels really good to me, you know, and I, and I know that I had to, you know, I, at the time I did need, um, I did need something quite strong to, to, to work through what I was working through, but mm. it wasn't, um, there was, it was definitely not trauma informed. Um, mm, yeah. and I, you know, I, I wouldn't want anyone else to, to go through what I went through for sure. Mm. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Something you said, um, in a post a while back about just like for years cleaning up the mess of, you know, that mm-hmm. scene. I get that as well. Like people coming to me for yoni mapping mm. or, um, holistic sex education sessions and things like that. And they've just had the these horrific experiences where yeah it's been really disempowering the sort of um mm. yeah there's been a real abuse of I guess that the the power the authority role of facilitators or teachers or gurus or whatever so um yeah, yeah. totally totally feel that and I I guess something that I didn't really see at the time when I was really involved in that scene that then became increasingly obvious over the years was that whole scene at least you know the scene that I was involved in which was more of that neo-tantra bastardized version that you're talking about that um Mm -hmm. access to in Melbourne um Australia Mm. yeah it was just so drenched in dogma and should and shouldn'ts and like this is bad and don't do that and you've got it you know and so the the post or the thing that prompted me to reach out and ask you to come onto the potty was actually um this post you did about this dogma and the shoulding in neo-tantra um Mm around clitoral orgasms so mm-hmm. yeah I mean if that that could be just a good starting point to give people an example of some of the beliefs that are being peddled out and pushed on people can you just talk us through your feelings on this and maybe for those that you know haven't been involved as we have in that world explain what the general messaging about clitgasms is in tantra yeah yeah, yeah. So I, as you know, I did a, did a post recently about that busting some myths on this, and um, I was expecting a lot of pushback actually, and I didn't get any. I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? <laughs> and a lot of the people who were like, yeah, thank you for saying this, were people who've been in that same environment with me. Um, so I really touched on something, and there was also quite a few people who were, oh, wow, I've not even heard of this. This is a thing. Um, so, yeah, but what we were taught was that um, there is a, a hierarchy of orgasms and that the, the cervical orgasm is is um, a holy grail and the clitoral orgasms are were actually kind of demonised and we were taught that they were bad, you shouldn't 
you um, you basically because you the idea was that you're losing energy, you're discharging energy when you have a, a clitoral orgasm, and on an energetic point, you're you're born with so much energy in your life. And if you have clitoral orgasms, they're going to deplete you quicker so that you become sick and die earlier. Basically is the, the, the short, the short trip. Yeah. So they were really kind of seen as like the devil and, and it, there was a lot of shaming around it. So it wasn't discussed. It was just don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and I'm sure most of our listeners here have well, you know, if you've experienced orgasm, and I want to acknowledge that not everybody has um, yet, so I just want to, you know, put that out there. But if you have experienced orgasm, um, then then you probably had a clitoral orgasm, and hopefully it was quite enjoyable. Um, and you know, our bodies are capable of this for a reason. There is no the clitoris has no other function than to provide pleasure, and it has eight thousand nerve endings. <laughs> Um, and so to, to experience something like that and to then feel shame around it, it feels really, um, not good to me. And, and if you've experienced cultural orgasms or if you've been, um, down the path of wanting to explore the other orgasms and you've been taught that, well, to get there, you've got to stop having cultural orgasms. You'll know that that's very difficult because there's a lot of feel good hormones involved in there and there's <laughs> dopamine and everything else. So they're actually quite addictive. <laughs> and if you're trying to, you're trying to, um, you know, hold back and, and, and just focus internally. Um, that can be very challenging. And it, I mean, which is fine if that's what you want to explore. But then if, if then you're beating yourself up and being shamed because you, 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 you got to a point where it's like, no, I just, I just want the release. Then, then to, to build, to encode shame and guilt in that experience is and tell yourself you're a bad person for doing that is really not healthy and that's the paradigm that was set up um and it was i I will say it was the same for um men as well people with with cocks they were taught that if you if you ejaculate then this is how you lose energy here um and so there is a whole you know it's a whole school of thought and you know i do also believe that uh, g-spot and cervical orgasms and the deep internal orgasms are amazing and you know i do they are there is a lot of focus in my body of work on that but that's because it it can feel more fulfilling and and it's also about um getting to know yourself at that really deep level rather than just staying with something that can be external and superficial so i don't believe in this hierarchy um i believe that any orgasm, as long as it's pleasurable, is beneficial. And and I really encourage people to, to get to really know themselves well so that you can track, does this feel depleting or do I feel energised? How do I feel after this experience? Am I even involved in it? Because, you know, the danger sometimes is that if somebody's been using, say, vibrators or something and they, they've I've had people say to me, you know, I, I, I've got this really strong vibrator and I've got really used to the highest setting and I, I had this really physical quick release and it comes on really fast and it's like, was I even involved in that? And mm-hmm. um, in, in that case, you know, that they're, they're telling me that doesn't feel nourishing and I want something more satisfying. 
that's different to mm. to shaming someone for for just having the pleasure that is inherently built into your own body. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. And it's something that's been um present for me because you know I have a bit of a tantric background or training background as well and I've definitely been guilty of seeing clitgasms as inferior and you know even I think the first time I ever heard of anything like this I did like a I think I did Kim Anami's online course years and years and years ago Mm -hmm. and you know she's she's not demonizing them as much as like the tantra beliefs do she's sort of like yeah they're still great and you can kind of have them as like a quick little cup of coffee but she does sort of put Mm. put them you know she says oh it's like a junk food orgasm compared to a gourmet one which is Mm. like slightly better than putting them in a hierarchy but it is still you know at the time I remember it caused me to feel like you know it wasn't good enough and I was a bit of a failure if I could only have a clickgasm or if I had one I was like oh like I've just like ripped myself off um yeah yeah like nowadays I just I think about it and I talk about it from the perspective of like, yes, they are the most easily accessible and quick orgasms. And yes, yeah. you be aware that like some, you know, you can have one by bypassing the arousal cascade that happens in your body that's necessary for those internal yeah. orgasms like G-spot or cervical and, you know, that require that engorgement yeah. of erectile tissue, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. you know, sex nerd stuff. Um, it's also, you mm-hmm. know, it's also just so good for kickstarting pleasure and arousal and like warming you up and getting the sexual energy. Definitely. And like, they're not. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I do, I never sort of put, put any of this on clients either. I'm very much like listening to what they're saying. Mm. It sounds like they're saying, Oh, it's kind of a bit depleting or I feel a bit, um, sort of uh I don't know I slump afterwards and it doesn't feel very nourishing feeling mm. mm. like, okay cool well did you know that you know say a cervical orgasm can feel incredibly nourishing and you know it doesn't mean that clitgasms mm-hmm. are not as good or you shouldn't have them it's just and it is going to be more yeah. more time spent and more sort of I don't know I don't want to say work but you know it can be more work to have those sort of more internal mm-hmm. orgasms takes more time um, but you know if someone's yeah. having clickgasms and they're enjoying them and they're happy with that and they're satisfied fuck yeah great nothing great like <laughs> yeah. like, exactly exactly yeah. yeah like we don't yeah. all need yeah. to be like I'm all into the personal development and like trying to just mm. sort of level up things or whatever and I'm curious and I'm like okay so yeah cool I can have a click gasm but what happens if I do this and put in the time to then yeah have other experience but you know like women already might have enough trouble having any kind of fucking orgasm you know which is actually really totally like you were saying and you know the yeah. odds are stacked against yeah. us having a fucking orgasm or great sex already for a number of reasons yeah like you know yeah really want to then shame <laughs> them for having totally. the pleasure that they can access so yeah like how do you yeah. teach or talk about orgasm nowadays with um with clients and I mean you did touch upon it but mm. I'd love to just go a bit deeper into how you teach about orgasm in general yeah yeah so it's really meeting meeting somewhere where they're at so um yeah like very similar to what you're saying there like I believe there is a time and a place for all of it you know mm-hmm. so and a lot of the restrictions that you know I speak to a lot of people who do want to experience these deeper um more profound states with themselves it's like that sense of uh, somebody said to me you know I just want to know myself that deeply you know I want to really know myself at the core of my being and that's where the, the cervical 
experiences come in really um and there is a time and place for everything and a lot of what stops people is um lack of time just the practicalities um and just you know the 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 crazy modern world that we live in and all the all the constraints we have around um ourselves um and so for so like if you've got a leisurely saturday morning to yourself then great (laughs) you know you can spend an hour or a bit longer like exploring and just being able to get that relaxed enough to be able to to see what's there and to see if you can you know play with stay you know as you were saying about you know having that time to build that arousal and the engorgement and to to explore the g-spot and the cervix but if you are if it's midweek and you're tired and you just want to switch your brain off and get a decent night's sleep then maybe the cultural orgasm is just what you need in that moment you know um and so it's it's really you know meeting people where they're at and meeting their nervous systems where they're at and you know if somebody's got certain traumas as well then internal isn't always appropriate Mm. um and the clitoris can be the gateway to everything else it can it is important in arousal as as you mentioned so yeah that's that's how I that's how I talk to clients about it these days and also you know the reason I did that post was because I get asked in every single program that I run about clitoral orgasms and you know um what is what is depleting what is what is what is preserving energy and and i've heard this and what about that and and i thought you know what and that was the first time i've ever talked about it publicly in all these years um yeah and i i was in that environment and started receiving that teaching in 2009 and it's only now that i felt comfortable enough to come out and talk about it um, because I didn't see anybody else having this conversation apart from my colleagues in more of the sex therapy realm who you know, have done a really good job of demystifying a lot of the, the neo-tantra stuff and, you know, pulling it apart from the spiritualized um, lens and just looking at oh, what's going on here, <laughs> you know, and and what helps you get off. So, yeah, that, that's the way I, the way I, the, I, so I find myself somewhere in between those two, those two paradigms because, you know, sex therapy and sexology is great. And at the same time, people that I know in that field um, have told me that these a lot focused on pathology as well as like what's not working and let's get you to functional and most of the people I work with are like functional isn't isn't hitting it for me, <laughs> you know. It's like it's not emotionally thing, um, and I feel like there should be something more, and I don't know what that is or how to go about it. Um, yeah, yeah, and so that's that's where I find myself. Yeah, yeah, totally. I hear that a lot. Like I feel like there's something missing, or I feel like there's just something more. Mm. There's just something that mm. I can't quite put my finger on that I'm, you know, yeah, that's that I'm not accessing or that I'm missing. And so it's cool when people are curious and they they come to that um, realization that they want to explore this and discover more about themselves on their own because of that. But it does yeah. really suck when they rock up and they're like, oh, I can only have a clitoral orgasm and I know it's explosive rather yeah. than implosive and, you know, this yeah. 
I'm like, oh, boo. Like, it's okay, <laughs> you know, who cares? Yeah. Just let yeah. it happen sometimes. It can be a really useful tool. And a gateway is the perfect way yeah. to describe it, you know, like, it's mm. it's a valuable yeah way to generate sexual energy and pleasure and arousal and exactly like you're saying like for some that is exactly where they need to be focusing if there is trauma if the internal yeah. is going to be too much or too triggering or you know they're not able to hold space for themselves or don't have a practitioner to facilitate that then like go with what you've go with what you've got the only the thing is that yeah. I'm really um funny Oh, it's not funny, but it's just what I, I talk to clients. I'm like, okay, so here's the thing. Like, don't feel bad that you haven't had, you know, some massive cervical orgasm or a G-spot orgasm mm. squirted across the other side of the room. And, you know, <laughs> like, think about this. Like, serve a clitoral orgasm, it's externally accessible. It's easy to find. It's usually the first yeah. thing that you've discovered as a child that feels good when you're touching yes. yourself. It's like yeah. the most quick, easy, accessible way to feel pleasure. And you have created these neural pathways to that area that's like, okay, I know that this mm-hmm. is a pleasure highway. Let's hop on that. And it's this gateway that like, you know, once you have one, you the risk is that then you probably don't really feel like going in the gate you're like mm-hmm. oh sweet like I've had that mm-hmm. so I'm that's, done. The only, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm like yeah. here we go if you do want to experience all of those um internal you know orgasmic experiences then you know there's a little bit of self-control that's going to be required because what can happen is yeah. you have a clitgasm and then you're like oh actually that's enough for me you know like and you just don't get any further yeah. than that so like don't blame yourself everyone yeah. fucking does it mm. um. <laughs> yeah and I would say on that as well like the way I talk to my clients about this is like it's like noise levels you know like because cultural orgasms are um you know there's a very specific contraction that your body does and it is and it's quite um a pronounced feeling you know so you can really feel what's going on so it's Mm -hmm. like it's loud but for 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 a lot of people not for everybody there's some people that I've worked with that you know it felt very quiet and they really wanted to amplify that but also when we focus internally you know in the especially in the beginning that can feel very quiet and very subtle Mm -hmm. and and it's like it's like learning to dance with all of them and moving between them all so that everything so the volume gets turned up on everything is the mm. way I kind of yeah. describe it and, and I've had some profound experiences where I've had a clitoral orgasm first and then stayed and like what what's behind that mm. what's after that taking internal then and just resting in a, a more subtle meditative almost space and like oh there's lots of nuance here like let's mm. let's cruise in this and see what happens and without feeling like I've got to chase any peak experience because I've already had the clitoral experience mm. so that's kind of been ticked off okay what's oh. what's behind this you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. me too because it's gotten everything <laughs> happening it's gotten the engorgement you know your mind yeah. is like pretty ready to then experience even more pleasure internally but it is you know yeah like oh, I don't have the time or I can't be bothered or oh, I've kind of gotten the orgasm now so but if yeah. you do kind of hang around in that space a little bit longer with no sort of no goal or expectations, it is mm. really surprising what can then happen. And I love that you yeah. mentioned the like the noise level is such a good way of 
that's such a I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna use that if you don't mind um, <laughs> yeah, no worries because <laughs> yeah I I'm always I find myself saying like you know it's it's don't be disheartened and don't don't try not to let it um put you off or you know mean that you give up too soon if you do go mm-hmm. internally with your fingers or a wand or whatever and you don't feel much because that's really normal mm-hmm. too. Like to begin with, especially it might not yeah. feel like much. And the, the thing I hear the most is like, I just, I kind of go in and then I'm like, am I doing it right? I don't really know what it's meant to feel yeah. like. Nothing's happening. Am I, you know what? And then they're kind of like, eh, it was just a bit meh. So I gave up and it's like, cool. Well, that makes yeah. sense. I probably would too. But here's this yeah. here's me sitting here telling you like, if you just sort of practice and don't give up, you can train your body to start honing in on the nuance and the subtlety and and building it but it is it's a lot quieter compared to that like in your face clitoral pleasure yeah bam bam. yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely Anna you touched on something very important you said like exploring with no goal Mm -hmm. um and this is the thing you know like this is what needs pulling apart more than what part you're exploring. I think is is the is the the touch and exploration without a goal because that's normally where the magic lies. Um, yeah, and and the thing is, if we take that that practice of which is something that most of us have done all our lives of, well, I touch this bit and I rub that bit and then I get this outcome. Um, that doesn't work quite the same inside. And so that's what needs pulling apart. Mm. I think it's, and you know, feeling meh is also a sensation. Feeling numb is a sensation. And it's more just about getting to know what's there today and not judging it and just being curious um, and exploring there. And that's what, in my experience, op- opens up so much for people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. There's nothing mm. more elusive than an orgasm that you are trying to make happen. Yeah, yeah. Um. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the internal ones I find will just kind of come come out of nowhere and catch you by surprise when you're not you're not trying too hard and putting too much pressure on yourself with yourself. So, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. Um, so and also, yeah, go on. Yeah, I was I was just going to touch on squirting since you mentioned that because people yeah. see that as like this big achievement. Yeah, but um, in my experience, a lot of people don't even find it pleasurable if they do squirt. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's not necessarily orgasmic. So I think it's important that that that, that myth is busted because <laughs> yeah. that's also very much tied up in that whole tantra scene as well. Um, and I don't think it's particularly helpful. Some people love it, but some people don't. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, it just really became trendy overnight, didn't it? It got, got put on this pedestal yeah. and it's very like, you know, super sexy and porny and, and like, I don't know, mm. it's just – you know, I think it's just glorified a little bit more than it needs to be. And then, of course, people are going to feel inferior if they don't squirt. Yeah. Which is not helpful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So before I'm going to get into a bit more around um, sort of broaden out to some other myths that need some busting, but before that I want to get pregnant and die. Don't have sex. Because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? So I'm just wondering <clears throat> if you've got a story or an anecdote of how your sex education failed you. 
Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh my goodness. I think I mean, like my parents did try and talk to me about, you know, they did talk to me about the birds and the bees as a, as a kid. And I feel that that, that was, you know, they did an adequate job of that considering it was the eighties, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and I remember at the time feeling like, you know, well, I'm really glad that they talked to me about that. But where it really failed me was the shaming. I was, mm. yes, they taught me about the birds and the bees, but at the same time, the message I was received is if you get yourself into trouble, you're kicked out instantly. Mm. Um, we will disown you. And so that put a lot of fear into me and it definitely didn't stop me having sex <laughs> I lost my virginity at the age of 13 um and you know way too young but I was very much in this rebellious rebellious frame of mind and I'm doing I'm doing things my way mm-hmm. um and which <laughs> never really went away um <laughs> but you know but just seeing seeing other friends of mine around that age who did get pregnant um and knowing that 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 it just put the fear of God into me, basically, I, I was terrified of being being disowned by my family and and kicked out. So from a very early age, shame was very very much built into um, sex for me, and it took me a long time to unravel that. And I'm sure I, I know I'm not the only one who's you know had had experiences like that. Um, but my dad, even though he was quite open-minded about all kinds of religion and everything else he'd been brought up as a catholic and there were some things that just didn't get unpacked and that was one of them um and so i feel there was no place to talk about pleasure there was no place to talk about contraception so i went off and put myself on the pill as soon as i was legally able and the only people i could talk to about that who were elders were my teachers at school because i felt i needed to talk to someone about that um and I I feel like you know I look at my friends now who are parents and the conversations they have with their with their teenagers and I'm blown away you know I'm so inspired by by some of these conversations that they're able to have because they've been doing the work themselves yeah you know and I recognize it's no fault of my parents it's just they did the best they could with the tools they had um but it, it definitely left some imprints for sure. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I think a lot of people mm. are in that boat, but I, I also find it just yeah. so heartening to see the kinds of parenting and the kinds of conversations that are happening, at least in my circles. I'm like, oh, my God, there's hope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So – Back to Tantra, Neo Tantra, maybe we can even chat about the difference mm-hmm. between those for those that don't yeah. know. Um, and I did want to just mm-hmm. sort of talk about like, you know, do you feel like there's a lot that's lost in translation when it comes to these practices being brought over to the West and then peddled around as like the latest new age spiritual mm-hmm. path? Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can also go into your thoughts on cultural appropriation in this space because I'm so mm-hmm. curious to hear you speak on that. It's a fucking big topic. That mm. could be a whole episode, but um, yeah. launch into it. 
yeah yeah where do you want me to start <laughs> um, I guess Egg well one. the uh, difference between neo-tantra and tantra and um, yeah how that, okay how that, I mean that kind of moves into then neo-tantra yeah it does and, yeah yeah um yeah so classical tantra which I actually do practice uh is very much focused on deity it's basically worship um worshiping deities and um a lot of rituals a lot of um a lot of chanting a lot of meditation a lot of mantra work um and it's very precise and very technical especially in the tradition that that I'm initiated into um and it's it's basically about viewing the divine uh, in the non-dual tantra it's about viewing the divine is, is not separate from ourselves. So if I am meditating on a goddess, um, I am also, I am at, at one level, I am also the goddess as well. So if I'm anointing parts of my, my body with certain mantras, then I'm actually, um, honoring the goddess and, and anointing her. Um, so that's, that's the, the simple explanation. Um, and sexuality in that there's only a handful of places where that's mentioned in the, um, in the translated text that we have available. Uh, it's a tiny, tiny proportion. And there are s- some sexual practices tied in with this, but you wouldn't be initiated or taught those unless you were at an extremely, extremely high, high level of achievement. Um, mm. and in the, in the, in the, the Kashmiri lineages, um, in Shaivism, for example, you wouldn't get taught that unless you were pretty much enlightened or close to it. So it's, you know, it's definitely not something that would be taught to, to, to anybody outside of that and definitely not to Westerners. Um, and Neo Tantra kind of burst around from Osho basically and, and from the sixties and seventies and kind of took some of these teachings and the idea that, you know, the body is sacred. And so everything is worthy of worship and there's no separation, which is beautiful and awesome. But then it also mixed in a lot of, a lot of what we see now is more sacred sexuality. So, you know, internal massage or yoni or lingam massage, or even using words like yoni and lingam to describe our, our genitalia comes from neo tantra. And it's the stuff that you see, you know, breath work, energy circuits, um, tantra massage weekends, all of this. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a distortion and a dilution of what Tantra actually is. And I'm not saying that Neo Tantra in and of itself doesn't have some benefit. Um, but what's dangerous is that a lot of people think it's real Tantra or that it's classical Tantra when it's not. And they will use the word Tantra when actually they should be calling their work Neo Tantra. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I fully hands up, you know, it took me, a, it took me years to, 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 to understand that myself. And I had to do a public declaration at one point that I no longer call my work Tantra because I started to understand the differences and I started to understand the harm that was behind that because we're all calling each other Shiva and Shakti and placing, you know, putting these ide- ideals of God and goddess on each other, um, which was just feeding into some fucked up polarity teachings and teaching uh, women that they have to be a certain kind of feminine and that's what a shakti is is very 
damaging on all kinds of levels, but it's also massively culturally appropriative as well. It's like, just take, you know, it's like we haven't dealt with the level of shame that we're holding about our own genitalia and getting comfortable with calling this a, a cunt or a, a vulva. So because we haven't dealt with that, we're just going to use the word yoni because it sounds nice. You know, it's like I've had to go through my own process with this as well. Um, but it's like, wow, how powerful when we get to strip away that and get to get to do these deeper levels of understanding. So, yeah, I see there's a lot of unconscious stuff playing out in these circles. Um, there is a lot of shoulds, like we're not good enough, we're not spiritual enough, and, you know, it feeds back into these orgasms are more spiritual than these and <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And most of what is being peddled isn't actually based on any specific spiritual teachings. It's more on a feel-good, feel-good, huffy-fluffy kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, that's my uh, my take on it anyway. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, I've seen people and also a lot of couples go into uh, the neo-tantra world looking for meaning and healing and opening and having some profound experiences but it really if you go down that road please i know this word is overused these days do your you know the phrase do your own research <laughs> but please please you know ask around and get good recommendations because there's a lot of there's a lot of snake oil salespeople out there there's a lot of predatory behavior there's a lot of stuff that's just not very effective um and stuff that is also quite culty so it's it's just choosing choosing wisely and making sure that any that anything you enter into is trauma informed and has good support because i've seen a lot of people get damaged by being swept up in environments in and and exercises that they weren't ready for and you might feel a big finally i feel a release of energy and then then you have a crash afterwards and you can't integrate it because actually it was just your nervous system being activated and it wasn't wasn't the big breakthrough that you thought you were having. Oh, so. my God, totally. That <laughs> absolutely happened to me. I'll put my hand up. All right. Yeah, yeah, big time. I'm still fucking working that out. And, um, mm. yeah, it's, oh, it's funny, like, mm-hmm. you mentioning, like, couples and things coming. Uh, I mean, I, I have couples – contact me a lot um mm. wanting recommendations on workshops or trainings in tantra um because they want to explore that in the relationship mm. or for themselves and they're seeking something deeper and more meaningful and rewarding and satisfying mm. and you know than than what they know of sex and i do feel that compared to the mainstream blueprint for sexuality and the absolute cunt loads of bad sex that's just being had out there yeah. routinely because no Ugh. one knows better yeah um you know the sacred yeah. sexuality route might actually provide some really helpful tools and reframes to change their yeah. approach to intimacy and lovemaking and you know i mm. i do really dig the reverence and the sacredness that it brings in um you know communication yeah. and the intention behind it you know i learn a lot of useful stuff from my meanderings through the neo-tantra world but then i just never know where to send them or what to recommend these days because yeah you know because of all all of this stuff that we're talking about it's just so rife you know and i yeah i I guess i mean you have online offerings and i'm also working on the online course Mm. sort of vibe but like where where else could people start you know what's a good entry point 
into this work that's going to give them teachings and meaning and game-changing experiences of their bodies without all that dogma and like sleazy sex guru Mm. stuff, you know? Yeah, it's really hard to think of, you know, if I think of particularly couples work, oh, I can't even think of anybody right now that, you know, it's really hard to to find people that I would recommend. Um, And I think if you're doing this, if whoever you decide to work with, I think it's also good to have some counseling or therapy on the side so that you're yeah. dealing with the shadow shit as well. I'm not just looking for the, the sweet cherry on the top, you know, cause, um, it can also be a lot of bypassing in this, in this world as well, where people mm-hmm. just want to stay in the feel good. Um, there are people, um, that are great and, <laughs> my brain is struggling to yeah, to find the names of those people. Okay. Um, that's so yeah. okay. We can always I'm put them in the show notes at the end if you think of any. Yeah, but I, sure. I was just curious. Mm. Like I don't, I don't know who the fuck. To, I'm just like, oh my god, don't ask me. I, I haven't really been part of that scene for a long time anyway. But I just, I would not, I would not personally recommend like really anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I was I also before I kind of get sidetracked, I was noticing like some I guess like almost discomfort or like a bit of like conf- I was feeling almost a bit confronted as you're talking about cultural appropriation and the word yoni and mm-hmm. it brought up this thing that I've actually been chatting to people about because I'm just really trying to nut it out myself and I guess now mm. the opportunity is presented to ask you about it but um, I, and, and I have asked another person who does yoni massage on the podcast, um, so, mm. you know, but what, what the, f- like, I feel like, you know, yoni, it is, it's the only word that I know of that really encompasses that whole mm. reproductive space. That's got a really beautiful yes. kind of connotation to it. Yeah. And also the modality that I practice is registered as like the name of it is Yoni Mapping mm-hmm. Therapy. That, that is what I'm qualified in. That is what I do. That's what people are searching for. That's what mm-hmm. I've got on my website. But like even yeah. Bonnie and I have talked about like, oh, don't know about this, <laughs> this word anymore. And, um, mm-hmm. and I'm really curious what you think because I know you, I don't know if you call it this anymore, but you also do internal and external Yoni massage and you've trained up practitioners to do this body work. Yeah. What do you think of like yeah. using the word in that context? Yeah. Um, and this is, this is, it's a big one. And I've been through a big process of this myself. Um, so I no longer do internal work, um, or body work, but you know, I, I had to pull this apart myself. And it was as I was doing some work with a mentor in the anti-racism space. And I had a big revelation around this. It's like, Oh, this feels really uncomfortable and really sticky. And she's like, well, there's something there you need to look at then, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, if something feels uncomfortable, then I have to honor that. So yeah. And um, as you say, it, it is the only word that encompasses that whole, that whole area. And when I started unraveling this, I did talk about this online and, and I had a really great conversation and you know, um, it's it's really, and I think this is something we all have to arrive at our own place with and mm. sit with. Um, so some of my clients will say yoni, and I, you know, I one of the first questions I will ask a new client is, "What do you call this part of your body?" And we work with what they use. Mm. And if they're struggling to find a word that 
feels good for them, then that's some that's some homework right there. Whether it's you know giving giving this part of the them a name, and I think it's also really beneficial to be with the the anatomical. You know, like you know there the, there is the vulva, and then there is the vagina, and not not getting those two mixed up like mm. everybody yeah. seems to do. <laughs> you know, and it's, um, so it is a big process. Um, and it's it's something that is an ongoing inquiry. And I, you know, I know there's amazing people like Uma Dinsmore Tully, for example, who's uh, who talks about you know reclaiming the word cunt. And you know, this is mm. cunt power, Yoni Shakti. You know, it's like this is this is the core of it. And this is and it, the word cunt, as I understand it, has Celtic uh, Celtic um, roots and goes back a very long way. And that's that's my lineage. So. I sh- you know, can I get comfortable around using that word and feeling the energy of that and like, whoa, that that feels confronting, but there's also <laughs> a lot of power in that, you know? Um, and so this whole um, inquiry is what led to me doing my first interview series, my summit. I call it Vagina Pussy Vulva because I wanted to have these conversations with experts in pleasure and sexuality and embodiment about how do we pull this apart and that that was the fuel it actually it created a huge um yeah a huge opening in my body of work but also a lot of energy around around having these discussions and yeah just guiding people to inquire for themselves so it's a big one really is yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's going to take me a while before I sort of come mm. to any conclusion. And I mean, if it was up to me, I'd totally just mm. call it cunt mapping therapy or something like that. Hilarious, Grace. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'd never be able to advertise anyway, would you? <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. We're up against yeah, like, yeah. there's so many things at play and there's so many other reasons other yeah. than just how I feel and what my opinion is. Why, I mean, you know, is it a good move in terms of like marketing and business and would it sit well with, I mean, I'm happy with using the word cunt, but I've done a lot of work to get there and I've read a lot of books, even the book called cunt, which is all about reclaiming that, Yes, you know, but not everyone has. So then I might be totally unpalatable to those people that are still confronted understandably by that word. So, you know, and then there's limitations of language and all of the sort of anatomical phrases, Mm. a lot of them, you know, have, basis in um pretty derogatory words and oh, yeah. it's just a whole yeah absolutely whole yeah it is and also when you start to like pull all this apart as well and it's like well why couldn't I use the word cunt I mean it just shows you the levels of all these um power structures that interplay here and intersect mm. you know so we have patriarchy we have we have racism white supremacy we have you know, we have capitalism, we have all of these. And it's like, this is this is the work, I really believe. It's like, as we're doing the pleasure work and the embodiment, it's just like, this is where we get to pull it all apart and go and ask ourselves, well, who says this? Who says that? Is this my truth? Do I hold this still or do some of these? And it's a, it's a lifetime's work, you know? It's, it's not easy by any means. 
Mm, totally. Yeah. Thank you for talking on that. It's, I feel like every conversation I have, I get a little bit more clarity. And at the moment, mm. I'm like, well, it's just kind of, it's a cop out, but it's easier to just like leave the name and keep using mm-hmm. the term. And I think because I've got really mm-hmm. great intentions and integrity in my work, and I know that um, I'm okay with continuing to just <laughs> use it for now, but it's really interesting having these convos because I know that there'll be a shift that has to happen eventually and I'll land on I'll land on a game plan but um thank you for your input mm-hmm. <laughs> for now yeah and I think it's also really um you know as people are going through this inquiry themselves to have discussions with people from South Asia South Asian origin you know and 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 engage them in the conversation because you know a lot of this there's not many people from from India and and South Asia that are actually involved in these circles, and so that that also feels a bit bit weird and a bit off to me um, when they're appropriating, when they're talking about these goddesses and using these Sanskrit words. Um, and I say that as someone who uses Sanskrit word as my name, um, I'm still still sat with that one. I mean, that's huge. So there's so many layers. I am not perfect human in this at all, you know, but I think responsibility for us to keep digging yeah Yeah, totally totally thanks for making it so um I guess accessible and approachable because I think with some of this stuff it can be really like holy shit I don't even want to talk about it because it will then turn into this yeah confrontation and it's there's a lot of like and then I'm gonna get cancelled and yeah yeah, exactly the cancel culture PC police all of it Mm. it's just it makes it almost untouchable Mm. and for years I've kind of been like sidestepping and avoiding and being like oh my god Mm -hmm. that's just like too hard basket no thank you yeah um and, yeah. you know, you, you might want to ask certain people questions, but you're like, I don't want them to turn around and get offended or pissed off or so it's just mm. not to ask. And then the conversations aren't fucking being happening, aren't happening, and then you're not Exactly. Learning. Yeah, so yeah. awesome. Go <laughs> ask. <laughs> uh, so just to get back into the shoulds and the myths, what are some other mm. like common myths that you came across in Neo Tantra and the things that we're you know are getting shoulded all over people? Um, oh kind God. of find. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a big one. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple that really spring to mind. Um, so the first one is about pushing energy upwards. Um, there is this. Um, very much in the neo tantra of like we've got to sublimate, we've got to move this sexual energy from the genital area and push it up to the crown, and you know really push, 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 pump, pump, pump. Um, and I was in that environment for a long time, and I did a lot of very strong practice in this realm. Um, I really went full power with that and those practices, and it left me feeling very destabilized, ungrounded. Um, on the verge of panic attacks and emotional meltdowns and wasn't suitable for a 40-something-year-old woman. <laughs> you know, it, it, it wasn't suitable for my body. And and I think, you know, in this neo-tantra world, that there is a lot of that, a lot of heavy breath work and a lot of strong pushing it up, pushing it up, pushing it up, which might be suitable for younger men who've got a lot of energy and need to move it um but it doesn't work so well for people who have vulvas in my opinion because the seat of our power is and our um our center of gravity is in our pelvis Mm. 
So why would we want to move it up and just move that out? Why don't we sit in that power and feel that grounding and our connection to to the earth? And and I feel we need a balance of you know we. Um, my Tai Chi and Qi Gong teachers will talk about, you know, the connection between heaven and earth and balancing. And, and I think that's a much healthier, healthier paradigm to, to really be in our center of gravity and to honor that and to feel our power rather than trying to push it away and push it up um, and move it up. Cause there's a lot of violent techniques that are used, a lot of really strong, overwhelming breath work and things like that and and particularly particularly if you want to experience orgasm then taking that energy out of the pelvic area isn't so helpful you know there's there's a time and a place for circulating to the heart or you know circulating it up and down but like don't just pump it up you know it needs to come back down as well um and that gets missed a lot in yeah, yeah, that gets missed a lot. And then there was another myth that um, really comes up, and that is this whole polarity um, dogma. And I'm seeing that this is really has really bled into some of the personal development spaces. And there's a lot of, for want of a better phrase, there's a lot of toxic masculinity that has taken um, coaching, that has taken these polarity uh ideas and really embedded it in there and basically teaching women or teaching men that they are the you know the leader and the the doer and you know they are the the very powerful one and the and the female is the one who has to submit and surrender and follow the man's lead. Um and that can be okay in erotic role play. And it's really good that there is difference and that you can come apart and have sexual attraction, but you can't, it's not a, um, it's not a way to live your life. And I, and seeing some of these, there are, there is a, this emerging kind of network of younger male coaches, particularly who are teaching this stuff and doing it in a really harmful way. And I'm seeing some of the, some of my colleagues who are in the trauma world are having women come to them who have been deeply traumatized by this work. And, and I find that really disempowering and damaging and unhealthy. So there are, there are people that I do recommend in the polarity world. Um, uh, people like Michaela Bowen. She's also amazing for couples work as well. Like her, you know, her podcasts uh, are amazing. Um, she talks a lot about how to keep this spark alive and to create that, but also have a functioning, healthy relationship as well. And it's the danger is when you try and live this as a full lifestyle because it just puts so many shoulds on both men and women that are unrealistic expectations and yeah. you know, men can't, men shouldn't show emotions um and also i mean where does that leave where does that leave um you know where does that leave the lgbtqi community and all of this where does that leave trans people mm-hmm. where does that leave everybody else who isn't a, he- a heterosexual oh, couple it, 
No, it, uh, it's a big part of it. <laughs> so yeah. old-fashioned, isn't it? It's just the so yeah, binary, yeah. Binary, binary language. Yeah, it, it's like it's like taking the, the idea of the fifties housewife and just sticking a bindi on it, you know, <laughs> and making it this spiritualized, spiritualized fucking, you know, and just oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's the one-liner of the podcast, I reckon. <laughs> oh, my God. It totally is. And I'm feel, I'm trying to, like, check myself and not feel too, like, just ashamed. But, like, I totally didn't yeah. question this shit when I first started. Yeah. No, me too. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Oh, my God. And, like, yeah, yeah it's so – it's so fucked up actually like a lot of this stuff and also like it can just be taken out of context it can be used for like different means to what it was intended yeah. like yeah polarity totally a thing totally really valuable but then yeah people are like taking it out of context and i guess that's you know mm-hmm. kind of tends to happen when when these ancient practices yeah. get brought over to the west and um, yeah marketed to, yeah yeah but i love yeah i love that you mentioned that it may be i mean it might not be quite um what you were talking about, but it reminded me of this lover of mine I had years ago. We were so in love. It was all going to be awesome. And then he went overseas and like got sucked into an ashram and like fully never came back, like sold all of his belongings, oh, lived there. Like I think he teaches there now. So full on. Um, yeah. and they come back and um, visit every now and then and come and stay with me. And I remember um, he said that they, like he would sleep on my, bedroom floor because that was as far mm-hmm. away as he could get from me after <laughs> yeah. and we didn't even have sex but yeah. intimate and then he would do like an hour of yoga and sublimating the energy and standing on his head and then he would sleep on the floor and he was like well ideally I would be seven kilometers away from you to maintain the point yeah, oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah I, I I'm sure I must know this person because it's exactly the same shit I was I was in and was taught and the the danger is when it's taught with such certainty that this is the only way and this is how it is and there's no room for nuance Mm. and I think this is a massive red flag in anything if there's no room for nuance and anything is taught in this this is the only way and this is 100% accurate and right wrong (laughs) because you know that's that's dogma right right there but yeah yeah it's in that you know I used to have intimate when I lived in in that environment I had intimate experience with somebody and go really deep and then it was finished we'd eye gaze for a little bit and then he'd go right I've got to go and be all these kilometers away from you (laughs) and I'd be like can't we just can't you just stay the night it's horrible it felt really disconnected you know and I know there is I know there is, you know, some couples really benefit from living apart. And I think if I was in a long-term relationship, I would probably want that at this point in my life as well. But, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. Sleepovers are fun. <laughs> Let's not demonize them, totally, you know? <laughs> totally. And especially if you've gone really deep with someone in that vulnerable space. In yeah. What about the aftercare? What about the fucking yeah. cuddles and the pillow talk? Exactly. Like, yeah. You know, like, oh, my God, yeah. how dysregulating to then just, like, separate and be like, totally. whoa, this thing has been ripped away from me, ripped out of my vagina and sent off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I'm just conscious of time because I don't want to um, mm. go too, too far over. What do you – do you have like a little five, ten minutes? What's your time frame looking like? 
Oh yeah, I'm totally fine. Yeah, That'd it's cool. yeah, it's Love early morning it. here, so. Oh, yeah, of course. Beautiful. Well, I've got a couple more questions, but first I'd love to do TMI. We love it. So, do you have a TMI story for us that you're comfortable sharing? And also, so fine. If you don't, if you say no, that's equally as inspiring because I don't know if I mentioned mm-hmm. relabeling too much information as too much inspiration because, you know, that's where it mm-hmm. is just like destigmatizing, releasing shame, dismantling the stigma, mm-hmm. having these conversations. I know you're good for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the thing that the things that springs to mind um is that I actually started a lot of my teaching work um, around anal sex. And when I moved to Australia, that's what I was known for. <laughs> and I used to run workshops called, I used to run workshops called Backdoor to God. Um, <laughs> so I like really, um, yeah, and I, and I ran them in Thailand as well when I lived there. And, and this was kind of like when I first stepped out on my own, that was the direction I went in because nobody in that sticky neo tantra world was talking about anal pleasure, and I was like, "Well, oh, it's really important to me, and hugely pleasurable, and really um, energizing and powerful, um, and and it needs to be taught with care." So I had a lot of pushback, and I think part of the pushback was because I used the word God. <laughs> so you know it's like I it attracted a lot of international publicity it was like whoa okay um but yeah that's initially what I what I was teaching and I haven't taught that that content for a long time um just because my work you know evolved into into what I teach now but um yeah so I I have a, a big background in that and I think uh, that was all well and good until my parents saw something on Facebook. <laughs> um, that's a very, um, very um, awkward conversation with my parents. Uh, they're now blocked from Facebook, by the way. Um, <laughs> you got to do it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and on a similar theme, then they they read about me in the Daily Mail. There was an article about yoni massage a few years ago and they'd quoted me they'd take they'd been at the the newspaper had been on my website and taken some quotes they'd never reached out for quotes from me which of them was a bit off um and so my parents read about me in in international newspaper um so that was another interesting (laughs) conversation so for many years they told people I was a yoga teacher Um, and they didn't know they didn't know how to frame it so now they they the last night, like about a year ago, my mum asked me, so what should we tell people? Because they've got their own shame layers and yeah. the rest of it. So just tell them I'm a life coach. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, just tell them yeah. I'm a life coach. Oh, uh, and then I had to have a conversation. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be on TV talking about vaginal dryness and sex toys. Okay, <laughs> should we watch it? No, you don't need to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, this, uh, yeah. This, 
um, several TMIs wrapped up in all that, I think. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's so funny. <laughs> I feel like I am. So I just, yeah, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like, I hope this reassures your listeners that, you know, we all have these limits where we have to dial ourselves back in a bit. You know, I talk about vulvas and pussies and um, orgasms all day long, and yet I still have places where I have my own discomfort in this as well so that you know I just want to normalize that yeah oh thank you that's such a yeah really important thing to point out I've I've sort of talked about mm. this in a couple of episodes with people because I often will ask like so how do your parents feel about this do you have you told mm. them that you you know and that's been a really interesting journey for me as well like that is I think family at least for me is like the sticking point where it's just like that one yeah. part that hasn't fully been integrated where there is still remnants yeah. of a little bit of like shame or embarrassment and, you know, yeah. like my mum will be, you should be trying to be supportive, like, oh, I'm going to listen to your podcast and I'm like, oh, you, you, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And there's layers to that. And it depends, you know, it's, and I really see this is also just being compassionate and meeting people where they're at and not, yeah. you know, it's more compassionate for me to be kind to my parents and not be in, in, in their face about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the totally. same time, I'm at the same time, I totally stand behind my work and I'm like, yeah. you know, my work is about helping people to become empowered and I'm not backing down from that. So yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. I think I've, I've finally come to a pretty good place as well with my work where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in that, that spot exactly in the middle where I'm like, I a hundred percent back my work and myself and my integrity mm-hmm. and all of this. And I'm so happy to have a conversation with whoever about it. But if I can sense that it's just mm-hmm. a bit much for them or they're not ready for that or that's going to be a bit too uncomfortable for them then I'm like cool I don't need to be in your face I don't need to be arguing my point or like sort of standing up for what I do like I don't really give a fuck like I know why I do mm-hmm. it and that it's helping people and I know that I've got my community and my audience that are into that and if you know if my family aren't part of that community or audience or they don't want to be hearing about it or they don't believe in it that's okay. I don't need that's it. That's okay. That, you know? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, I really want to, now that I actually didn't know that about the um, backdoor to God career highlight, <laughs> um, I would love to do an episode about anal sex with you one day if you were open to it. I know it's not really relevant to your work. Totally. But like, oh, my no, God. No, it totally happens. Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. Awesome. Because also I want to like, I just want to explore more. I feel like I'm a really late bloomer. Like I had so much shit when it came to sex and my body and blah, 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 blah. And I've been doing the work for years and I kind of, that's like the next frontier that I've explored a little bit, but not heaps. And um, mm. even though I kind of know all the stuff theoretically or whatever, and I've researched and I've chatted, like I'm still not like, not a pro in that department. And I'd love mm. to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm missing sure out thing, on this yeah. whole world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, totally happy to to jam on that anytime. Yeah, awesome. All right, look forward to that, mm. lovelies. I'll have an anal session <laughs> coming at you. <ya. laughs> um, uh, so, just to kind of wrap up what we we're talking about earlier, why do you think so many like 
people, kind of sleazy, murky people who aren't in integrity mm. or, you know, who are a bit, I don't know, don't have the best intentions. Why do you think they're attracted to these modalities like Neo-Tantra? Yeah, and I think, um, so I think what gets sold to people, and this is what I saw with uh, a lot of the community when I was in that world, is it's sold to them as, um, particularly for men, but I mean, everybody's got their own distortions and shadows. But I think for men, it, it was taught it was sold to them as a way to become the sexual hero and overcome your your shyness and your, you know, um, become a better lover, become a, a great performer in the bedroom and have lots of women available, you know. Um, and so a lot of those people were initially very insecure, um, had a lot of shame around their sexuality, were dissatisfied with their performance or... Um, felt that they were too small or whatever it whatever it was um and being in that environment gave them the tools to to feel like a man and to feel you know like i am the you know to go into that polarity and to to suddenly have um lots of beautiful available women who, who doesn't want that? <laughs> you know? like, and also there was a lot of polyamory encouraged in that as well. So it was like, so you get to have all the all the benefits without having to deal with the emotional shit. So you just bounce around from women to women and fuck everybody without having to clean up your own mess. Um, and that was that was kind of, you know, seeing, seeing the, the people further up the up the um up the hierarchy that's what was modeled to them you know it was like you take as many women as you can and you you initiate them you you know you as a as an advanced man that's what you do and 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 so it it perpetuates and i think you know that i know that our there's a, a very small handful of good male body workers out there but when it comes to this work if you want to explore internal massage and you have a vulva i would strongly recommend that you work with someone who has the same anatomy as you um because i question why 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 do people want to step into this work yeah and often it's coming from this egoic shadowy sticky place of lots of available pussy basically (laughs) um yeah 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 Totally. Yeah. And, you know, don't get me wrong, there's female shadows too. Um, and a lot of that, I think, is around validation, uh, about being liked and being important and relevant. And, you know, oh, there's so much. There's, yeah, there's a lot of shadow and a lot of spiritual bypassing um, and a lot, a lot of wanting to skim around and have all the good feelings without doing the deeper, uncomfortable inner work. Totally. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And when you are part of the communities and overseas doing trainings and things, were you kind of uh, coerced or encouraged or like bullied into sleeping with your kind of teachers or oh, like, yeah, yes, how did that all yeah, happen? yeah, yeah. Well, that was normalized from day one, and that was considered what what you were supposed to do if you wanted to be fully. Um, initiated into that and it took them a good few years to to wear me down um yeah it took several years actually 
I was there from 2009 and I think it was 2014 that I, that I finally caved in because I felt I was blocked and I'd been, I'd, I'd had this stuff for all that year, all those years. And I felt that I was blocked, which was nonsense, but, um, that's what I was being told. I was being told I should have five lovers, um, as a Scorpio, you know, I, I'm hypersexual and, and I, sh- I should be having all these men. So because I wasn't, it was like, well, what's wrong with me? It's like, well, you need to come and, and be initiated. And I, you know, that is abuse. Plain and simple, that is abuse. Um, you know, to have to be brainwashed and to be in that power dynamic for so long that that's considered normal is disgusting. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So there was a lot of the holy cock. Um, yeah and of course you know everybody's in it so the other women are also recommending that because that's what they were encouraged to do and it just oh it's horrible yeah yeah and 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 so the stuff still goes yeah it's still still happening yeah yeah Yeah. i hear about it still a lot so then after Mm -hmm. that experience did you feel how did you feel afterwards? Were you like, what the fuck? I'm not unblocked. Now I just feel extra shame because I caved in and slept with this person or mm. like how, how did you, mm. was that kind of getting towards when you were just like, actually like I'm out of here or yeah. 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 And it, yeah, it was a process. It was definitely a process. And, and yeah, that's when I, that's when I decided to leave. Cause it's like, this is not, this is not consensual. This is by any means, this is not, you know, and there were specific instances that were so far from that were actually just, I'm just going to call it that were rape. Um, and, and then once I left that community and started talking openly about it, I got ostracized, um, from everybody because, you know, they were still fully in it. Uh, but then over the years, other people started talking as well. Um, and yeah, yeah, there was a whole, a whole outing on that and a whole, it went worldwide um press coverage and stuff but you know that that teacher is still teaching and that school is still open um so this is why i just say be be really 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 careful um you know with with who you choose as your as your teachers um yeah 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 absolutely yeah so gnarly so 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 gnarly it's super cultural mm. where people people just yeah. can't, don't feel like they can speak up and then as soon as you're kind of courageous enough to speak up everyone just shuts that door on you and oh it's like it's yeah. like an abusive relationship it's like it's why people yeah totally in these yeah these sort of domestic violence situations yeah. as well because there's that manipulation that just makes you feel like yeah there's no way out you cannot speak about it mm. it's yeah Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to say on that is that, you know, a lot of people who were teaching in the neo-tantra world came through those schools and they, they didn't go through a big deconditioning process necessarily. A lot of them didn't wake up and, and leave. A lot of them distanced themselves when the shit hit the fan publicly. So that means they're still holding on this dogma and that's how it gets perpetuated because they haven't unraveled it fully for themselves and so i see this and it's a lot of it is yeah it's a lot more dilute um but i still see some of the same ideas playing out you know and it's like "Mm, i know where this has come from (laughs) and like no (laughs) you know but at the same time the other thing i want to say is you know 
there is a lot of beauty in this work and it's so worth diving into your sexuality and your pleasure you know don't let don't let what i've said here put you off from wanting to explore your pleasure and your power because you know it's it's such a rewarding journey if you do it in the right way with the right mentors um yeah totally yeah well that segues me perfectly into chatting a bit about where you've taken your work now and the main principles that Mm. your body of work is underpinned by because yeah if if we're sort of saying okay don't go and live in an ashram and like fucking you know bang your guru but (laughs) is what we could suggest yeah like let's chat a bit before we finish up about your work now and what offerings Mm. you've got Mm, mm. so my work is um it's quite gentle and nuanced so I love to take people on the journey and, and it begins with creating safety in the body because you can't without that foundation there's no point you can have all the best tips and tricks and techniques in the world but if you don't feel safe in your body and be able to stay in the body you can't it, it, it's not gonna it's not gonna stick so that's that's the foundational pieces and and this is where also the embodiment embodiment work comes in so it's like creating um yeah creating the best conditions for you to really get to know yourself from the inside out in the whole of your body not not just your genitalia and then from there focusing on cultivating full body pleasure and then from there exploring orgasms and and the deeper orgasms that are possible and working through whatever layers of numbness or disconnect have been in the way whether that's physical or emotional so it's it's a it's a more holistic approach um i work with clients one-to-one online normally for six months minimum because it's really important to do this over I believe over a long period of time so that they get that hand holding and, and most importantly, so that people can go at their own pace. Um, and then I am training facilitators to do this work. So just currently we've currently kicked off this year's program. Um, got some just amazing people in the group, including someone who's in their seventies. Like everybody's really mature. And I also have um, shorter group programs. So the next one I'm running is called Orgasmic Confidence. Uh, and that's a three month group program for anybody who has a vulva. We have people come from all over the world for this. Uh, it's all online and it's following that same roadmap of getting into the body, embodiment practices, um, cultivating full body pleasure and then moving into into orgasms and we also look at boundaries self-love so it's a really it's a really lovely course um and that's the next thing that i will be sharing with the world so yeah amazing yum 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 cool Mm. well i'll definitely make sure i put the links to those in the show notes and um yeah, and if you, I've got a Labia Lounge Facebook group now, so I always put links and little and discounts and things like that in the group from different guests that I have. So feel free to jump on that group. Um, and just thank you so much for oh, this has been an epic episode. I'm so stoked that I got in touch and that we made this happen, and just your willingness to talk about all of these things, which I know you know not everyone's really down for that so I really appreciate you going there with me 
Oh, it's so much fun. I love talking about this stuff. It's great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> awesome. So I'm just going to do my little outro spiel. If you would like to mm-hmm. support the potty um, and, you know, if you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, then you can also buy some dope merchandise from my website or donate to my Buy Me A Coffee page, which I call Buy Me A Soy Chai Latte because I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe wanker like that <laughs> um and you can do a one-off donation there or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three clams a month um and every bit helps because it's not cheap to put a sweet podcast out into the world every week on your own dime so um yeah really would appreciate that if you can but also no sweat if you can't I'll pop all the links to that in the show notes too. And I really encourage you to follow Mangala on Insta or Facebook. Check out the links that I post below. Um, yeah, it's really, I mean, she just knows her stuff, seriously. And I really enjoy reading your your content. It's always thought-provoking too, which, I mean, it's it sparked <laughs> this whole episode, you know, one of your posts. So mm. uh, <laughs> thank you, Mangala. Thank you. Thank you. I'm way more active on Facebook than Insta at the moment. So come and hang out with me over there. Yeah. (laughs) All right, my love, I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.